welcome to the Divine Play Podcast, a practical guide to living with joy. I am Sheena Morrison. I am the co-host of this podcast, and I am so excited to learn more and share with you the beautiful light that Marilena Lee will bring as the other co-host to this amazing podcast. Um, oh my gosh, let's just dive into this conversation because I know that I have some questions in my heart and our audience is so excited to get to know you as well. So welcome, 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 Marilyn Lee. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So as you mentioned, my name is Marilyn Lee. That's a whole story in and of itself, but that's another story for another day. So I am a survivor. Um, I'm a survivor of a bunch of things. I was uh, abused as a, as a young, young kid. And I, of course, survived that. And then I decided to self-medicate to really soothe myself with drugs and alcohol starting at a really early age. Um, and I survived that and not everybody does. <clears throat> so I am really proud of being able to come through that aspect of my life and to come out on the other side. And I'm really grateful. And I also was in a really difficult relationship. I call it my, my most difficult relationship today, my most challenging relationship. And there was a time where I called that relationship abusive. I no longer do. And that's a really big part of my story. But he was my greatest teacher and <clears throat> I survived that. Uh, and I came out of all of it on the other side. And I am really just a goofball when it comes down to it. I'm a goofball. I love to dance. I love to laugh. I love to just not take it all so seriously. I really resonate with the title of this play class, Playcast podcast. Uh, I'm also an imperfect human being who sometimes sounds like she is slurring her speech or says things backwards AF. So, <clears throat> you know, I just don't take it all so seriously. Like it's, it's not, it's not, it's not that, harsh. Life just isn't that harsh. Even all of the difficult things that I've been through and all of the hard things that I've been through, it is all divine play. And so I'm really excited to be a part of this podcast because it's such a big part of how I live my life is that everything is really just a part of this gigantic game that we call life. And that's how I choose to see it today. So that's a little bit about me and where I came from. And today I am a acceptance and forgiveness coach and educator. And so I help people find joy through radical acceptance for, for what is and what's happened in themselves and the gift of forgiveness, which is my primary purpose. And I do believe that that is my mission in this lifetime. That is my purpose for being here. It is what I'm here to do is to teach the power of forgiveness and to give people a practical way to get there because I grew up religious and <clears throat> forgiveness was always taught to me as something I should do, but nobody ever taught me how to do it, how to get there until I met some of my teachers along the way. And then they did. And it completely changed my life. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your journey. Um, and I love what you do. And if you, we all know that there's a huge connection with our energies and, and our stories and what we want to create and our passion for, for supporting humans to change and to look at life and themselves differently. Um, your business name, Marilyn Ellie, is the Acceptance Alchemist. 
Um, can you tell me, I just really want to know how you, like what sparked you naming your business this, because I think it just really connects to your soul and we get to showcase that. Well, it's a good question. So acceptance alchemy, what, what, what is that? Everybody's always like, what does that mean? And alchemy, if, if you look it up, our good friend, Google or Miriam Webster will tell you that alchemy is a seemingly magical creation or transformation. And so the power of acceptance, radical acceptance, I mean, truly, truly accepting people and things as they are, it creates a seemingly magical transformation in the way that we live life and how we can live life on life's terms. So a lot of people tend to ask me, what is the difference between acceptance and radical acceptance? Because everybody thinks they know what acceptance is. And radical acceptance, people are usually just like, what do you even mean by that? And so for a lot of us, we'll accept something, right? Like, yeah, that's the way it is, but it's messed up. They shouldn't be that way. They should do it differently. They should talk to me differently. They should be a better boss, right? They should be more fair. And one of the things that one of my teachers told me is that life isn't fair. It will never be fair. It has never been fair. And the idea that it should be fair is one of the most pervasive beliefs that causes the absolute most suffering in this world. And what she's talking about is radical acceptance versus acceptance. Radical acceptance is accepting that it is the way that it is, accepting that it can be no other way than exactly how it is in this moment, right here, right now, and that it is this way and that it is here for me. And so it is here for me to learn something. It is here for me to have a boundary. It is here for me to question my story, especially if it's triggering me. Triggers are our friends, not foes, right? I actually refuse trigger warnings. I won't use them. I refuse to use them because our triggers are here to teach us lessons. And so when something in the world out there is not the way that I want it to be, I get to be in radical acceptance about that. I get to experience my trigger and I get to look at what painful belief is underneath that that is causing my suffering. And I get to question that story. And then I get to create a more loving story by choice. It's a choice to create that more loving story. But the first step in all of that is radical acceptance for what is. The other way is where we bitch about it. It's where we're like, yeah, it, it is what it is and yada, yada, yada. It should be another way, et cetera, et cetera. But when we're in radical acceptance, we can simply go, oh, this is exactly the way it is. This person is not treating me with respect. And I don't operate on the hope that it should be some other way. I find radical acceptance for what that is. And then the other thing that comes up for a lot of people is like, well, radical acceptance seems like just resignation. It's just resignation and we just don't do anything about it. We just leave it the way it is. No, when we have radical acceptance for the way it is, we get to live life on life's terms and we get to choose how we want to respond instead of doing it on autopilot from a knee jerk. And so why did I choose Acceptance Alchemy as the name for my practice? 
it's because I had to come to my own radical acceptance in life. And, you know, I come from a recovery background as a survivor of drug and alcohol, you know, abuse. And one of the things that we talk about a lot, there's a passage in one of the texts from the recovery space. And it says acceptance is the answer to all of my problems today. You know, when I am not at peace and I'm paraphrasing here, but I, when I'm not at peace, when I'm upset, it's because something in this world is not some person, some place, something is not as I want it to be. And until I accept that thing as it is, I can't change it. I can't heal. I can't do anything different. And so what happens for a lot of people is this unwillingness to accept things as they are because we wish they would be different. And so instead of accepting that they are what they are, we rail against them not being different and we get stuck. And so when we can find this radical acceptance, which is step number one, then we can actually change our thoughts. We can choose our thoughts. We can choose our beliefs. We can choose how we're going to step forward and we can completely and totally magically transform our lives. And so that is why Acceptance Alchemy is the name. And and here's the other thing. The Acceptance Alchemist is not me. Who is the Acceptance Alchemist? Yeah. Who is the Acceptance Alchemist? My clients are. You are. Everyone's the Acceptance Alchemist. It's not just me. I'm only one alchemist, but everybody is an alchemist. And it's a practical, pragmatic set of tools that help people alchemize their entire life. And like you said, when we interviewed you, right, you have taken everything you learned over the past how many years, and you've compiled it into your course. And I've taken everything I've learned in the past 20, 25 years, and I've put it in my course. And it's like, I get to watch people alchemize in six months, what took me 20 years to figure out. And it's dope. I love it so much. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. That is beautiful. I love it. And I love that, like you said, like you said, when we were, when we were interviewing me, um, that it is that there were so like, we're led in the same way. Like we're really curating our mess into our message. And that's why we're creating this podcast. It's one step in the, in the, in the approach to the alchemy that you so desire, right? That everybody is, has a choice to create the life that they want and to, um, to heal, um, perfectly, um, the way they were intended. And I love that. I love that. I hear the word underneath. I hear, um, a little bit of surrendering to, and not to create another vice. And so when something came up for me, um, probably because you put me on the spot so well. So we're just going to try to re recap this a little bit and put you on the spot a little bit. Um, but surrendering okay. to, to the situation, like, right. Life hits us sideways. We talked about that. Um, there's always going to be things that frustrates you. You say the word triggers, which is going to happen. Right. And so when things happen for us, not against us, but for us, how do you, how do you resign to lean in and get to a more powerful, positive reaction? Like, how do you teach your clients? Therefore, but how did you create this for yourself? Because you discuss the, the vices I have. It's, it's a work in progress and we all have different things. We talked about addiction, not necessarily having to be 
drugs and alcohol. I went to alcohol every single time. My day was shitty. What I thought, right. As a soothing effect too. So I completely, I resonate with this so much, but it could be anything, whatever we do in place of a trigger or as a response to feel better is a vice for my, in my, in my experience. Um, so how do you, how do you resign to like getting to underneath or creating any positive out of a negative situation when life is a dance for you? <laughs> this is a great question. And this is something I talk to my clients about all the time, because very often people are like, Oh, like I can't get myself out of this. And like, they get down on themselves for it. So let me explain this in, in the easiest possible terms. I don't always resign to lean into it. I run from it like a bat out of hell. I run from it like a bat out of hell. Faster than you can blink your eye. I am on my phone scrolling through Facebook nowadays, right? So like my vice for the longest time was drugs and alcohol. It was people. It was men. It was love addiction. I had a lot. I had a lot. I had a lot of vices. All right. Now it's sugar. It's sugar and it's disassociating through social media and scrolling and TikTok. I can tell when I've had a really bad day because I'm on TikTok or YouTube shorts. Like that's how I know. Cause I had to, I literally had, I, I was like doing it alcoholically for the longest time, and, which means like compulsively and like in a way that I knew was harmful for me. And I actually had to completely take it off. I took TikTok off my phone. I didn't allow myself to get on YouTube shorts at all. I was actually really angry when YouTube shorts came out because YouTube was the place I could go watch a 15 minute video and then turn it off. And then they put shorts on there and I was like, damn it, it's another TikTok so mad because because we all have our vices so one of the things that was given to me by one of my teachers is number one when you catch yourself doing this because i know so many people listening are struggling with some type of they're numbing out they're med they're self-medicating with food they're they're stuffing their emotions down with like you know uh reese's pc puff cereal and like peanut butter because that was definitely something that i did maybe mm-hmm. and peanut butter Oh, a lot of peanut butter, a lot of peanut butter, a lot of peanut butter, a lot of chips, laced potato chips. That was one for me too. And, you know, it. I know a lot of people out there listening, like they're struggling with this kind of thing. Like they don't know how to get off TikTok. You know, after four hours, they're just like, what have I done with my life? I had a client who literally scrolled on his phone for 16 hours a day. And wow. I know that there are a lot of people out there who are like beating up on themselves for having these patterns. And one of the greatest things I've learned over time is radical acceptance, number one, right? This was the key. It was like radical acceptance, like, oh, I am self-medicating with food. Oh, I am self-medicating with TikTok. And what I had to do was first and foremost, love myself right there. That is step number one. Shame is not necessary. I get to love myself right there first and foremost. And when I love myself right there, I remember I one of my teachers, Lynn Forrest, she was the very first teacher I ever had. My work is largely based on the work she did with me. And I still get to work with her to this day. And it's amazing. But she always said, there's value in stuckness. There's value in stuckness whether it is your stuckness in your pattern or there is stuckness in your rumination in your mind that running on the hamster wheel of replaying that conversation over and over in your head beating yourself up for saying something stupid or running around on that hamster wheel wishing for it to be another way i will stay there exactly as long 
as I need to stay there. And I've, I've had things come up even in the past year where like weeks, weeks I stayed there. And then, you know, I just kept showing up to my prayer and meditation mat. I kept showing up to questioning my story. Like I was taught by my teachers that I teach today. Like every time I would get in a story and I would start running on the hamster wheel, I'd just be like, what if that's not true? What if it could be different? And it took me a while to get off the hamster wheel. But I used the tools that I have in my toolkit and I just used them relentlessly, even when they didn't seem to be working. Because Mm -hmm. when we are going through the tools of what I call acceptance alchemy, it comes from a lot of different wisdom traditions, indigenous wisdom traditions, my teachers, yoga, yogic philosophy. It's about practice, not perfection. And so sometimes you are going to be stuck and you're going to find yourself running on the hamster wheel. Couple of things that I do. I check in with my A-team. I have an A-team now. They're amazing. My A-team are a group of like three people that I trust with my life. I trust them to refrain from judging me. I trust them to call me on my bullshit. I trust them to never rescue me and let me figure it out for myself, but to tell me what they see. I call them and I say, I need to vent or I need a reflection. And if they're willing to give me the reflection... They give it to me and they give it to me straight. And a lot of times, this is a really great tool for the people listening. I ask to see it another way. Sometimes I am not capable of seeing it another way. I'm not capable of seeing how that person talked to me as for me and not against me. I'm not capable of seeing this trigger as something that is good for me right now. I'm pissed about it. I don't want to be here anymore. But what I ask first, the universe, right? God, universe, source, whatever you want to call it, whatever your word for it is. One of my prayers is, God, help me see it another way, right? It's like, help me see it another way. And sometimes I can't see it another way today. But one of the most powerful tools that I have is willingness. I'm willing to see it another way. If somebody could just point it out to me, that would be great. Because I am stuck in this perspective where it's like I have my blinders on and I can't see outside that. And then eventually I call somebody on my A-team. When I get sick of running on my hamster wheel by myself, I reach out and I ask the people in my life, like, hey, can you help me see this another way? And there are people who speak the same language as me, right? There are people who understand the the language of empowerment, the language of not giving my power away and my emotions. And and I'll, I'll just be like, dude, can you help me see it another way? And sometimes they're like, hell yeah, girl. And and they'll give it to me straight. And I've had friends a couple of times be like, yeah, no, I can't see that another way right now. I can't see it another way either. You know, I don't know. Thanks, still- right? and, and I'm like, thank you for seeing me. I'm going to go call someone else on my A team. Right. You know, so it's about, it's about loving yourself right there. And then just continuing to like, take all the practical tools you've discovered, you know, it, at least for me in my life, the practical tools that I've been taught. And that I found on my own and just opening myself up to seeing it another way, questioning my painful belief, my painful story, and choosing a more loving one first for me and then also for them. Oh my goodness. I love that. First of all, thank you for sharing that you get stuck. That's <laughs> like real talk. For, I mean, because we don't, we're like, oh my God. And especially like, I feel like we just... On, <laughs> the Instagram filter of everything is perfect. We're all perfect. And 
read the life is perfect. Oh my God. I eat perfect. Everything is perfect. And it's full, right? Um, stuff happens. I wake up like this. No, it's just weird. Anyway, I thought I was perfect. So perfection is illusion. I say it all the time. And because I said all the time, my husband's like, remember about perfection. I was like, right? Nothing will ever be perfect. We get to show up for ourselves. So what I hear you saying the most is I am open to the idea of something else, right? Or I'm open to looking into what's underneath this. And I think that a lot of, a lot of times we get, we get in this, in this situation, in this relationship, in this business, in this wherever, where maybe we're just too close to it and we can't see, right? I think we have to like back up and have a different, I I use filters all the time, have a different filter on it to really recognize and realize that we're crossing a boundary or this is not in alignment or I just feel so depleted what's underneath this depletion, right? And I love the fact that you have a committee, a safe, powerful A-team committee, because I think a lot of times, um, in my experience, I just do it by damn self because I'm like, huh. no one understands me. It's blah, 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 blah. It's that story, right? I did life alone because I'm like single parents, blah, 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 that story. And I'm here to say that I absolutely have resigned to, I get to ask for support because things happen faster if you're not doing it by yourself. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love that you have an A team and I love that they'll be honest because that's the A team that you need. That's why it's an A team, right? That's, I mean, that is beautiful. I love that. Oh my gosh. There's so many things that have come up for me in this conversation so far. I know everybody's in alignment. I know they're like, oh my gosh, you're not perfect. And you're putting that out loud on the podcast. Woo! Like day one, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. If I'm not real, like you can ask anybody who knows me in my personal life, like authentic, it should just be stamped on my forehead. No bullshit. Yeah, no bullshit. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. Oh my gosh. So what I am like, I just lost my train of thought. That's the reason this is going to happen all the time, right? Um, Shannon loses her train of thought because I have all these things going in my head at the same time and it's okay to be okay. And to be me. Um, so what does joy mean in your life? How do you create joy every single day? I believe you asked me this question. And why did you want to spread joy in this podcast? So joy for me is a really interesting concept. Uh, So, you know, I I had a a pretty happy life. I, I feel like joy has always been something that I was able to tap into. Even when things in my life were honestly not great. You know, when I was in my very difficult relationship with my greatest teacher, I still found a lot of joy. And, you know, there was a time in my life where I discovered how much I loved how to dance, right? How much I love to dance. And I'm a Latin dancer and I dance a dance called Brazilian Zouk. And there's a lot of joy to be found in it. And sometimes it's really effing hard. And I think a big part of the experience of life 
And a big part of the experience of having joy in life for me is actually about embracing all of it. It's about embracing all of it and truly getting to feel the full spectrum of emotion. Like even when my life was the worst, even when I was at my bottom, I was able to find moments where I remembered that life is worth living. And those moments would sometimes be full of tears. Sometimes those moments would be full of really intense emotion. And I think the idea that joy is somehow separate from all of that is really just a fallacy because we are here to experience the full range of human emotion. You can't have hate without loving someone first. And what is joy? Joy for me is really, it's really tapping into non-duality, which is a humongous topic and one that I could spend hours talking about. But I think one of the most profound moments of joy that began some of the massive change for me was when I was in early sobriety. I was still in the midst of my very difficult relationship and it was actually right at the end of it. And I started a 40-day Kriya of a breathwork practice. I'm a breathwork facilitator, but this was before I was a breathwork facilitator. I had no idea what I was doing. And I started this 40-day practice of a breath called Kapalabhati, which means skull shining breath. And it is a very intense pranayama, like breathing practice. Um, And so for those of you who don't know what pranayama is, it is a way to work with moving energy and controlling energy and harnessing energy within the physical body. And it affects our spiritual body as well as our physical body. But I did not know this. Like I was a yogi, but like my yoga training didn't like dive too heavy into this stuff. And so I had no idea what I was doing when I started this 40 day practice. And I paired it with a practice of running every single day, whether it was a block or it was three miles because I wanted to shatter a limiting belief. And the limiting belief I had was that if I ran every day, I would break. And I got 20 days into this and my whole life blew up. So be be careful if you decide to do something like this, because like when you start to move energy and facilitate spiritual awakening on that level, uh, it it can cause a lot of really dramatic change really fast. And it was what I needed. Um, But I remember the third day that I did this breath practice, I went for my run, which moved energy in my physical body. And then I came home and I did the breath practice and I was like standing underneath a tree in my backyard and the sun was coming up because I did this really early in the morning. The sun was rising and coming through the canopy of the tree and I finished the breathwork practice. Wow, this is like, I can feel this in my body right now. It's wild. Um, 
And I, for the first time in my life that I can remember, had an experience of being completely and totally connected to source energy. And in that moment, it was, it was like having an IV drip of pure, unconditional love and connection to all things in the universe. And that doesn't even do it justice. And I stood under that tree with my bare feet in the ground and I wept. And I mean, I wept for a while. And even though I was in the midst of this like really difficult life situation, I was able to tap into pure bliss. And this happened over and over again as I was going through the practice. And it was better than any drug I had ever done. It was, it was better than any drunk, any high, any, you know, MDMA trip that I had ever done. And I was like, holy shit. Why the fuck would I ever give this up? Why? And when my life blew up 20 days later, I was really grateful that I had that like pure understanding of who and what I was and who and what everyone else is. And that experience of pure unconditional love moving through every cell in my body. Because when my life exploded and my very difficult partner drove across town to meet another woman and I left and my life fell apart. And I would wake up in the mornings and in my new apartment, all alone in the middle of the pandemic, isolated as hell. When I would get out of bed and my knees would buckle underneath me and hit the floor and I would sob, I knew that life was still worth living. Because I had had that experience of connecting to that from which we all come from, which is pure love and joy. And so for me, that's joy. That was a very long explanation, but it's, it's why it's so important for me to share my story. It's why I wanted to do this podcast with you. It's why I do the work that I do. It's why I teach forgiveness because there is a life worth living and it's connected. We are all so isolated. We are being fed this lie that the world is a horrible place, that people are terrible, that it's not a loving environment. Bullshit. I call bullshit. The world is a beautiful place. There are a ton of beautiful people out there who want to help other people, who want to make positive change, who are trying to like see the world shift. And in the shamanic traditions from which I have come through, the breathwork lineages I've come through, you know what it's all about? It's, a, it's about visioning. It's about visioning the world that we want to create. It is about seeing it relentlessly, holding the vision of ourselves healed and whole, holding the vision of those we love healed and whole, holding a vision of the world we want to create for our children relentlessly in our own mind and carrying that forward into the future. And this is a small way to do that. Like the world is a beautiful fucking place. And I know I'm spiritual, but I say fuck a lot. The world is a beautiful fucking place full of beautiful fucking people. And guess what? You're one of them. You are one of them. 
And if you can take the time to slow down, to cut out the noise, to really sit with yourself, and you can find people to help you on that path, it'll completely change your life. It is the road less traveled, or is it? I think there are a lot of people out here who are on the same road as me and Shannon and you out there listening. We are not alone. We are not terminally unique. We are connected. And that's what this podcast is all about for me. That's my why. Um, holy crap. That was amazing. Like I was like leaning in and that was so emotionally. Oh my gosh. The emotions and the vulnerability and the, I wanted to be like, amen. Yes. Oh my gosh. Preach. Like it was amazing. I loved every second of your why. And uh, holy cow, no wonder when I was talking, you're like, wow, like we resonate, like we're connected, like our heart path are the same. And that's what we want to create here. And it is, it is so powerful. Um, your mission, your drive, your heart is so powerful. And you know that you've gone through a lot in your journey and there was a reason for it. And I love that you're so incredibly passionate about the words you speak. Because that is my jam. You're so incredibly passionate about humans. Because that is amazing. And, oh, oh my gosh. The world is beautiful. Um, I think if we get out there and change our filter and look at the look at the light a little bit different, I totally agree. I just spoke these words this morning to somebody else. We, our generation are out there. There are so many light workers. There are so many people that want to do positivity in the world and want to create an impact that have massive stories to share and that have the underdog story, or I did this, but I created this because of it, or I'm so empowered because this happened for me. And what, what actually I got to create was because I learned from all of this, right. And what you are creating and what you're sharing with the clients and the people and the, the, our, our people that are watching this or listening to this podcast or seeing the video is, is that you're not freaking alone. Life can be challenging. It can be hard, but you can create something beautiful because of it. Um, we are wiser as we grow older. And I, I feel like if I would have known now what I, if I would have known then what I know now, there goes me backwards talking. I still like, there's so many times that I've been like, I would have changed so many things, but if I would have changed anything, like we yeah. said a little bit ago, would I be here sitting here at the podcast with you? No, no. So everything has a purpose. There is a purpose to absolutely everything that we go through. Um, it creates us. It doesn't hold us back unless we let it. And that is your beautiful story because you ne- you did not let anything hold you back. You were like, there is something more for me. I There is a reason for me to live. And you, had a, you got to power through. You got to power through um, enormous addiction and all of the other things. And look at your beautiful, amazing, powerful self helping other people just like you. So I, I always say, and honestly, like I'm a horror novel fan and I love me some Stephen King. And for those of you out there who are the dark tower fans, right. You know, you'll get, you'll get this. Um, God is the rose in the rubble right? God is the rose in the rubble. And 
you know, is it is it really the source of all things that is unconditional love? Is it that source's plan for there to be suffering? No, no, right? Like it's not the point to have bad stuff happen to us. But God is the rose in the rubble, right? It's the thing that comes out of it. It's the strength that comes out of it. It is the connections. It is the compassion. It's the empathy. It's the healing that comes out of it. And then reaching back and taking the hand of somebody else and bringing them forward, right? And helping them, shining a light on the path so other people can be like, oh, I'm not broken. I never was, right? But if I hadn't gone through my own dark night of the soul where I thought I was broken and I was unlovable, I wouldn't be able to share my story with people who also think they're broken and unlovable and aren't worth saving or even capable. Like there's no potential to even help them because they're so far gone. It's something that we hear in the rooms of recovery often also, no matter how far down the rabbit hole you have gone, your story is going to help someone. And I think that is, it's the truth, you know, just from being in those rooms alone, the rooms of recovery, the amount of people that want to help other people is it's, it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling. It is. It is. Oh my gosh. This is, we could talk forever. Um, we're going to have many more opportunities to share little pieces of our story and our connection. Um, but if there is, as we wrap up, Marlena, this has been amazing. And thank you so much for sharing your story and a little bit about your soul um, and your soul's purpose. If you left one golden nugget with our audience today as as your connection, what your path is, what, why you're here today, anything, what would you leave them just to, to inspire and connect? What would you say? You know, my greatest tool, you know, if we're talking about a practical guy, right? Mm-hmm. If I could share something, a practical tool. It's, it's one, but it's also kind of two. Number one is willingness. It's the number one value that is required for me in any relationship, whether it be friendship, family relationship, whatever. And that value really drives my ability to question my story. And that's the biggest tool I have. You know, it's my email, question your story. You know, it was my website for a really long time, still in the .com, it's mine. Um, Question your story, right? Like whatever story it is that you've got, All you got to do is question it, right? Mm -hmm. All you have to do is go, man, I'm such an idiot. And then as soon as you think that, just, you know, that story that I'm an idiot. What if I wasn't an idiot? What would that mean? And like, how would that change things? And is there any other possibility to me being an idiot? You know, it could it possibly be any other way? You know, what if they don't think I'm an idiot? You know, and it's just questioning that painful story you have, questioning where it came from. And that in and of itself, even if you don't have an answer to any of those questions, just asking them plants a seed of doubt in your painful story, in your painful belief. And when you plant that seed of doubt, sometimes it'll be hours. Sometimes it might even be seconds or minutes. Sometimes it might be weeks, months, or even years later, 
where that seed turns into a beautiful flowering tree that is a completely different perspective. It's a completely different story. And I know this from experience because I was 24 when I had a nervous breakdown. I was 24 when I had a nervous breakdown and randomly picked Lynn's name out of the phone book. And I don't think a lot of this stuff truly came to fruition. It was like growing. It was like creeping out like a vine. It was changing me little by little, but until I got sober, it couldn't really stick. I got sober at 38, 24 to 48, 24, no, 38. Sorry. I just tried to make myself older. (laughs) 24 to 38. What is that? 14 years? Mm-hmm. It took 14 years for me to be ready to fully receive what she gave me, right? To fully receive it. I it, it came little by little. And then when I got sober, it was like, boom, everything changed. And so you never know when you plant that seed of doubt, it changes your vibration and it changes your entire it begins to change you from the inside out, even if you don't know it. Mm-hmm. Just the power of questioning it. Take that tool with you. Question your story. What if that's not true? It's the most powerful tool I have, and it's the most powerful tool I give my clients only every time. I love that. Question your story. We have a lot of stories. Um, 90% of what we, ever, what we say, um, we repeat every single day. So questioning the story will make a massive impact. I love that. Oh my goodness. This has been amazing. Welcome to the first couple episodes of our amazing podcast, the Divine Play Podcast, a practical guide of living life and joy. And I think that we just showcased um, how amazing you live your life and joy and how this is just going to really create I just said the word just, this is going to create a massive ripple, um, and connection with so many amazing humans and their stories. And, um, I cannot wait for the next episode. We do come the first and third Wednesday of every single month starting very soon. So keep watching, subscribe, um, save, share, um, if this resonates with you, or if you know a human that the story would really connect with Marilena or myself. Um, we love that. It's going to help grow our podcast and our connection and the ripple. Have an amazing, amazing day. Thank you so much, Marilena. Mm-hmm.